Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, April 11th. We are rapidly approaching the time of Passover, which occurs this year at sundown on April 14th and goes into April 15th. In studying the Passover and Egyptian redemption, we need to keep in mind four important principles. First, it is both a historical and a prophetic event. Second, the events that happened to the forefathers prophesied to what happens to their descendants. Third, it is a deliverance from Egyptian bondage. And fourth, this is a picture of our deliverance from spiritual bondage. How is it that we get into bondage? We get into bondage when we sin. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the Torah. For sin is the transgression of the Torah. 1 John 3 and 4. Passover is a picture of deliverance from bondage. Egypt is a place of bondage. Egypt is a type of the world and the world system. Trusting in Pharaoh represents serving the gods of this world. Yeshua is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yeshua is our Passover Lamb. Historically, the blood of the Lamb was to be put on the doorposts. There is going to be a judgment upon this world in the end of days. If you don't have the blood of the Lamb on the doorposts of your heart, you will face the judgment that comes upon this world. The blood of Yeshua redeems us from sin. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Pesach, and it means Passover. Exodus 12, 16-23 For that night... I will go through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and I will mete out punishments to all the gods of Egypt, I Hashem. And the blood on the houses where you are staying shall be a sign for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, so that no plague will destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be to you one of remembrance. You shall celebrate it as a festival to Hashem throughout the ages. You shall celebrate it as an institution for all time. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the very first day you shall remove leaven from your houses, for whoever eats leavened bread from the first day to the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. 
You shall celebrate a sacred occasion on the first day and a sacred occasion on the seventh day. No work at all shall be done on them, only what every person is to eat. That alone may be prepared for you. You shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this very day I brought your ranks out of the land of Egypt. You shall observe this day throughout the ages as an institution for all time. In the first month, from the fourteenth day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. No leaven shall be found in your houses for seven days, for whoever eats what is leavened, that person shall be cut off from the community of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a citizen of the country. You shall eat nothing leavened. In all your settlements you shall eat unleavened bread. Moses then summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go, pick out lambs for your families and slaughter the Pesach offering. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the lintel and to the two doorposts. None of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning. For when Hashem goes through to smite the Egyptians, He will see the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, and Hashem will pass over the door and not let the destroyer enter and smite your home. Joshua 3, 1-4-24 Early next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and marched to the Jordan. They did not cross immediately, but spent the night there. Three days later, the officials went through the camp and charged the people as follows. When you see the ark, your God, being born by the Levitical Kohanim, you shall move forward, follow it, but keep a distance of some two thousand emote from it, never coming any closer to it, so that you may know by what route to march, since it is a road you have not traveled before. And Joshua said to the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow Hashem will perform wonders in your midst. Then Joshua ordered the Kohanim, Take up the ark and advance to the head of the people. And they took up the Aron Habrit, the ark, and marched at the head of the people. Hashem said to Joshua, This day, for the first time, I will exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they shall know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. For your part, command the Kohanim who carry the Aron Habrit, the ark, as follows. When you reach the edge of the waters of the Jordan, make a halt in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the Israelites, Come closer and listen to the words of Hashem your God. By this, Joshua continued, you shall know that a living Hashem is among you, and that he will dispossess for you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. The Aron Brit, the Ark, the sovereign of all the earth, is advancing before you into the Jordan. Now select twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from each tribe. When the feet of the Kohanim bearing the Ark of Hashem, the Sovereign of all the earth, come to rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan, the water coming from upstream, will be cut off and will stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their encampment to cross the Jordan, the Kohanim bearing the Aron Habrit, the Ark, were at the head of the people. Now the Jordan keeps flowing over its entire bed throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the bearers of the ark 
reached the Jordan, and the feet of the Kohanim bearing the ark dipped into the water at its edge. The waters coming down from upstream piled up in a single heap a great way off, at Adam, the town next to Zarathon, and those flowing away downstream to the Sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea, ran out completely. So the people crossed near Jericho. The Kohanim who bore the ark stood on dry land exactly in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed over on dry land until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. When the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, Hashem said to Joshua, Select twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and instruct them as follows. Pick up twelve stones from the spot exactly in the middle of the Jordan where the Kohanim feet are standing. Take them along with you and deposit them in the place where you will spend the night. Joshua summoned the twelve men whom he had designated among the Israelites, one from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Walk up to the Aron of Hashem, the ark of your God, in the middle of the Jordan, and each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder, corresponding to the number of the tribes of Israel. This shall serve as a symbol among you. In time to come, when your children ask, What is the meaning of these stones for you? You shall tell them, The waters of the Jordan were cut off because of the Aron Brit Hashem. When it passed through the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And so these stones shall serve the people of Israel as a memorial for all time. The Israelites did as Joshua ordered. They picked up twelve stones corresponding to the number of the tribes of Israel from the middle of the Jordan, as Hashem had charged Joshua, and they took them along with them to their night encampment and deposited them there. Joshua also set up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the feet of the Kohanim bearing the ark had stood, and they have remained there to this day. The Kohanim who bore the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until all the instructions that Hashem had ordered Joshua to convey to the people had been carried out. And so the people speedily crossed over, just as Moses had assured Joshua in his charge to him. And when all the people finished crossing, the ark of Hashem and the Kohanim advanced to the head of the people. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh went across, armed in the van of the Israelites, as Moses had charged them. About 40,000 shock troops went across, at the instance of Hashem, to the steps of Jericho for battle. On that day Hashem exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, so that they revered him all his days as they had revered Moses. Hashem said to Joshua, Command the Kohanim who bear the Aron Habrit to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the Kohanim, Come up out of the Jordan. As soon as the Kohanim who bore the ark came up out of the Jordan, and the feet of the Kohanim stepped onto the dry ground, the waters of the Jordan resumed their course, flowing over its entire bed as before. The people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up in Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken from the Jordan. He charged the Israelites as follows, 
In time to come, when your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of those stones? Tell your children, here the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry land. For Hashem your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you crossed, just as Hashem your God did to the Sea of Reeds, which he dried up before us until we crossed. Thus, all the peoples of the earth shall know how mighty is the hand of Hashem, and you shall fear Hashem your God always. Luke 14, 7-35 And he, Yeshua, put forth a parable to those which were bidden, when he marked how they chose out the chief room, saying to them, When you are bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he bade you and him come and say to you, Give this man place, and you begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when you are bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he bade you come, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you shall have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with you. For whosoever exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Then said he also to him that bade him, When you make a dinner or a supper, call not your friends, nor your brethren, neither your kinsmen, nor your rich neighbors, lest they also bid you again, and recompense be made you. But when you make a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you shall be blessed, for they cannot recompense you. You shall be recompensed at the resurrection of the just." And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he to him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, It is done as you have commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the byways, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said to them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children, and brethren, and sisters, yes, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sits not down first, and counts the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? Lest haply, after he has laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, All that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. 
Or what king going to make war against another king sits not down first and consults whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that comes against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an ambassador and desires conditions of peace? So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsakes not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Psalm 80 1-19 Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you that lead Joseph like a flock, you that dwell between the cherubims, shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry against the prayer of your people? You feed them with the bread of tears and give them tears to drink in great measure. You make us a strife to our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. You have brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the heathen and planted it. You prepared room before it and did cause it to take deep root and it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the bows thereof were like the goodly cedars. She sent out her bows unto the sea, and her branches unto the river. Why have you then broken down her hedges, so that all they which pass by the way do pluck her? The boar out of the wood does waste it, and the wild beast of the field does devour it. Return, we beseech you, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven, and behold, and visit this vine and the vineyard which your right hand has planted, and the branch that you made strong for yourself. It is burned with fire, it is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of your countenance. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the Son of Man whom you have made strong for yourself. So will not we go back from you. Quicken us, and we will call upon your name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. Proverbs 12, 27 and 28 The slothful man roasts not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4. And in Joshua chapter 3, the children of Israel are getting ready to cross over the Jordan River. And in verse 5 it is written, And Joshua said to the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow Hashem will perform wonders in your midst. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Joshua instructs the people to sanctify themselves as Hashem will perform miracles for them. Typically, miracles require a partnership between God and man. Though ultimately Hashem performs the miracle, He expects us to do our part to merit His acting on our behalf. Hence, the children of Israel need to prepare themselves spiritually and physically 
in order to merit the miracles of the parting of the Jordan and the victories in the conquest of the promised land. In our own era as well, the partnership between man and Hashem has resulted in the rebirth and flourishing of the state of Israel. As a result of God's blessings, together with man's hard work, the desert literally blooms, the economy grows, the army defends, and the nation continues to absorb countless immigrants from the four corners of the earth. As in the days of Joshua, the fulfillment of these miracles has demanded both spiritual and physical effort by human beings. So now let's jump forward in this same chapter to verses 16 and 17. I'll start actually with verse 15. Now the Jordan keeps flowing over its entire bed throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the bearers of the ark reached the Jordan and the feet of the Kohanim bearing the ark dipped into the water at its edge, the waters coming down from upstream piled up in a single heap a great way off at Adam, the town next to Zarathon, and those flowing away downstream to the Sea of Araba, the Dead Sea, ran out completely. So the people crossed near Jericho. The Kohanim who bore the ark stood on dry land exactly in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed over on dry land until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Now, this was an incredible miracle, and when this happened, and Joshua was the leader leading them, then he had an incredible reputation, and the people honored him and respected him in the same way that they honored and respected Moses. Now, this crossing of the Jordan is a miracle similar to when the children of Israel left Egypt and they came to the Red Sea, and then God also parted the Red Sea in the same way that he parted the waters of the Jordan. So God often does work in patterns, and I believe that this pattern is going to repeat again. What makes me say that? There's another place described in the Bible of a future event that is very similar to the crossing of the Red Sea and to the crossing of the Jordan River. It is a future event that has not yet happened. And it can be found in Isaiah chapter 11, starting in verse 11. And this is a passage that is describing the future greater exodus to come. Isaiah 11.11 It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left from Assyria and Egypt, from Pathros and Cush, from Elam and Shinar, from Hamath and the islands of the sea. And he will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. I'm going to pause there for just a moment and say something about that verse. Who is he assembling? He's assembling two different groups of people, the outcasts of Israel and the dispersed of Judah. That's northern kingdom, the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. That's you and me, my friend. And also he talks about he's going to gather together the dispersed of Judah. That's the house of Judah, the southern kingdom. That is the Jewish people. He's going to assemble both the house of Israel and the house of Judah. 
the whole house of Israel. Verse 13, Also the envy of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah. Now Ephraim is another word to refer to the house of Israel, to the northern kingdom, to the ten tribes of the north. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, the southern kingdom, the Jews, and Judah shall not harass Ephraim, but they together shall fly down upon the shoulder of the Philistines toward the west. Together they shall plunder the people of the east, and they shall lay their hand on Edom and Moab, and the people of Ammon shall obey them. Now here's the punchline verse that's describing Another event in the future that is similar to the Red Sea event and the Jordan event where the waters parted. Isaiah 11, verse 15. The Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the Red of the Sea of Egypt. Now, it's future prophetic language. The Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the Sea of Egypt. With his mighty wind, he will shake his fist over the river and strike it in seven streams, and make men cross over dryshod. And there's that term, cross over. Now coming back to Joshua chapter 3, verse 17. The Kohanim who bore the ark stood on dry land exactly in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed over on dry land until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Verse 16, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 16, there will be a highway for the remnant of his people who will be left from Assyria as it was for Israel in the day when he came up from the land of Egypt. Now there's your direct comparison that this future event is compared to when the children of Israel left Egypt and came to the Red Sea. God is going to do it again. And the picture that's painted for us is that the Lord is going to shake his fist over the Sea of Egypt. He's going to shake his fist and strike it into seven streams and make men cross over dryshod. Now, this is a picture of, in a way, a, a nation was born when Israel left Egypt. When the children of Israel left Egypt, they were slaves, and as they left, they became a free nation, and a nation was born. So when they came to the Red Sea, this is like the baby nation coming down the birth canal, and when they went through the waters, that's like the water bag breaking. And it's also a picture of a mikvah. It's a picture of being baptized into the Lord, being immersed in his presence, in his power, in his uh, mightiness in his glory, being immersed in him. And so there's going to be another crossing over through the waters, dry shot. This is going to happen again in the greater exodus to come. Now let's continue on in Joshua chapter 4. And in verse 20, it is written, And Joshua set up in Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken from the Jordan. They are memorial stones. They were told to pile them up as a memorial to remember the great and the mighty acts and deeds that the Lord their God had done for them. 
So in chapter 4, verse 20, the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Joshua establishes a monument from 12 stones taken from the Jordan, each representing one tribe. Rabbi Shlomo Avinar notes that this monument represents the unity but not uniformity of the Jewish people. There are 12 individual stones which symbolize the diversity of the tribes, but the stones are not scattered. Together they form a unified monument. This unity but not uniformity is one of the keys to Israel's success. Israel is an extremely diverse country, yet her people have unified to create a society that is truly a light unto the nations. And with that, we're going to stop there. And I pray that you have a blessed week. And as we approach Passover, that you will gather with family, with your fellowship group, and have a wonderful Passover Seder celebration together remembering how the children of Israel were able to leave Egypt and put the bondage and slavery behind them and come forth as a free people and a free nation. And may the Lord do it again and do it soon. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.